right. I think we're good. I think we're recording, which is how you start these. You got to press the button and you got to let everyone know that you're recording. That's how the intros and outros work, which ever since I've been doing this the last couple of years, my intros and outros have gotten extremely bad. But whatever. We'll start with the NBA like we usually do. This is a sports matchup, by the way, episode number four, or just number four, if you want to call it that instead of the episode thing. But it is March 31st, 2021. It is the eve of opening day. If you're watching the video version, we're both wearing St. Louis Cardinals gear. Obviously, the 2021 World Series champs, even though I'm not going to pick that. Don't have the stones, but we're rolling with it. So there you go. Um, so we'll get into that later, talk about the MLB. We'll talk about all the sports like we usually do. And we start in the NBA, where the deadline was last week. We talked about how there could be some bigger names move, like Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball, those types. They both stayed. So they both stayed put. Not surprising that that happened. Um but Aaron Gordon goes to the Nuggets. Nikola Vukovic, or Vucevic, I never really knew how it was pronounced. He went to the Bulls. Um, so those are two big names, both leaving the Magic. The Magic are now atrocious. We did talk about Oladipo did leave. Oladipo to the Heat. That happened, yeah. So he's been traded like 74 times in the last two years. But it also seems like the Magic unloaded half the roster. Fournier to the Celtics as well. So the three best players basically gone and who's left there uh i don't know terrence ross who's like 31 um, who, and who was the other point guard that they had like had like the crazy long dread hair i can't remember his name i don't remember the magic so that's kind of like the the thing that happens it's orlando magic you know they haven't been relevant since uh Jack Shaq, Benny. yeah Speaking of Penny Hardaway, uh, most overrated coach in college basketball. Is hey, this is his first step. Went in the NIT. First step. He just he's, lost, been, he's been there for like three or four years. He just lost one of his best recruits and forwards to the transfer portal. So not great, but it but is what it is. He's been there for like three or four years, and he said this is their, their big step. I'm like, you've been there for how long? Make the tournament. That's your big step. Actually make the tournament but whatever. Um, and then LaMarcus Aldridge signed with the Nets and Andre Drummond signed with the Lakers. I mean, that's just the NBA, right? Yeah, now it's making super teams, which – These guys aren't that good anymore. Drummond's no, it, pretty good, but Aldridge is not. And Stephen A. went off about LaMarcus Aldridge, and I don't get it because he was somehow he was such a big part of the Trailblazers and then came in, was a big part of the Spurs and blah, blah, blah. But – they're the ones that wanted to part ways with him. He didn't ask to leave. They're the ones who sat him and then wanted to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, it made sense for both sides for them for him to go. Um, he's like 49 years old at this point. And I like what Steve Nash said. Steve Nash said, what, are you going to kill us for adding to our roster? I mean, I don't know why people complain about this. Like, it's not – he's like, we didn't do anything illegal. They didn't do anything illegal. I mean, it is – you know, a little weird they're adding all these washed-up guys around the other good players. But What is it? Enos Cantor um, said something. He's like, because I guess they have one roster spot left. He's like, who are they going to add next? Thanos? Yeah, I mean, I don't know who. I feel like Drummond probably would have gone there if they didn't have Claxon and DeAndre Jordan at the five, maybe, but – I mean, Drummond going to the Lakers is like whatever. All he does is get like 15 points, 10 rebounds every game. 
He's okay, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but now who's who's he take minutes away from out there? Montrez Harrell? Probably. I mean, Drummond has not played in over a month, and he's playing tonight. Like that is that's a long time to not play, and then to just come back and be thrown into the fire. He's probably not going to start. Well, I guess they're already playing, but he's probably not starting. But but is Anthony Davis back? LeBron and Anthony Davis are both out, so he could be. I don't think he started though. Well, maybe not tonight, but he might in a couple in the next game or two yeah. day or two games. What seed are the Lakers going to end up with at this point? If LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to be out for most of the rest of the season, which I assume they're not going to be back for a little bit, they might end up being like a six seed. Which yeah, they're still they're still scary. Yeah. yeah, that two or three seed is going to be like uh, what they're are we in, for? They're in fourth in the West right now. But the Nuggets and Blazers are both a game behind them. So I'm just hoping the Suns hold on to the two seed because they most likely wouldn't have to play the Lakers. But I mean that we, we can't let that happen. That would be bad. Do the Mavs have a playoff spot in the West? They're in the play-in thing. Like there's the four teams that compete for the eight seed. Yeah. They're in that section right now, I think. I think they're three and a half out of seven in the West. So I don't know. The NBA, it, nothing really even matters to get to the conference finals at this point. No, I was just curious to see if J.J. Redick was going to make the playoffs again. Where is he at? He got traded to the Mavericks. Yeah, he got traded. Okay, yeah. Um, and then the other trade, I guess, was Lou Williams to the uh, whoever the hell. The Hawks, I think, right? Uh, Hawks, I guess. is. What it was Rondo like him for Rondo. Rondo to the Clippers. Yeah, that's a weird trade, but. Is where it is, I guess. Uh, you know, that's kind of what Lou, happens. Lou Williams finally leaves L.A. Goes back to the Hawks. He was on the Hawks a long time ago. I think he was on the team when they had, like, Josh Smith and Joe Johnson, I think. Mm-hmm. They were actually pretty good then. But, you know, I think that's way too much NBA talk for this podcast. So now we go to the NFL, the real league, the league that owns the country. And we're going to talk about the draft here in a second, but I want to get into these other things first, and then we'll get to the other things of the other things, the other things, right? Okay, here we go. 17-game season is official. I think we knew this was to happen. I think there was a strong chance it was going to happen last year, but it didn't. Now it happens this year. And eventually it's probably going to lead to an 18-game season um, where you have two preseason games. And I, I don't really have that much of a problem with it. If I were a player, I'd be a little bit annoyed because it's like you still only have one by and you have to play an extra game. You know, that's a little annoying. Yeah, I mean, you saw the players' reactions on Twitter and everything, hating on it. I don't think they get paid extra either to play this. Well, And it's going to be harder for some of these rookies and other undrafted guys to get a roster spot because now, you like, if you're only, there's only three preseason games. <clears throat> like, you're only going to have even smaller times to get take, you know, your shot in a game to make your moment. That fourth game was where those types of guys played. Yeah. That's where all the, the quote unquote scrubs, even though that it might not be that, but I think that's what people would call them. That's when all they played. And now they're not because I hate the preseason. Honestly, I think we should just get rid of it all together. Last year they didn't have it. I think everyone was fine. I think everyone actually probably felt better. I know someone like Aaron Rodgers said that his arm had never felt better because he didn't have to throw a ton because they didn't have preseason and all that stuff, and he won the MVP. So, 
I think preseason's pointless. Honestly, I do. Maybe it could hurt some guys because they could get injured, which you can't really blame an injury solely on preseason unless it's like a muscle pull, I guess. But I think eventually by 2025 or before, we'll have an 18-game season with two preseason games. Yeah, but it, it was probably also bad last year to try getting some of those guys flash on the roster too because there was like no OTAs in anything. Yeah, it's gonna also going to be hard. Uh, the draft's going to be hard this year too because it's like – a lot of these guys didn't play a legitimately full season. No, and then what? Didn't Trevor Lawrence said he wouldn't attend the draft? Yeah, he's not going to the draft. I think a lot of the first-round guys are going to go to the draft, though. Um, and the pro days are now a big deal. I hate pro days. I really do. Everyone overreacts to that. Like, you're throwing without pads to receivers you already know with no one in front of you. It's like, yeah. come on. And at Justin Fields yesterday, they – they were oohing on in that one where he rolled, he rolled right, spun around and rolled to his left and threw it. Hit the dude in stride, but every other ball I watched, he was either underthrowing the guy or throwing to the wrong shoulder. And they were in a four-four with a shot. That was pretty sweet. They were like, "Oh, he's making the deep ball." I'm like, "Yeah, to the wrong shoulder, or he's underthrowing the guy." That that other ball where he rolled to his left was the only ball I saw him throw and lead the guy. It's very rare that a quarterback, their the outcome of their career in the NFL is mostly based on the situation they're in. Well, right. and they were talking about how choreographed it is, like Zach Wilson's pro day. They're like, for this for the last 10 days, they were at this place. And then for the last three days, they've been back here choreographing what they're going to do for this day. He had three or three receivers and one tight end, and they've all been together for the last 10 days. And the last three days, they've been here choreographing what they're going to do today. That is embarrassing. So they all knew what routes they were going to run and how, and what time they were going to do it. I mean, I do like Zach Wilson. I think he's very good. He is the um... – you know, Mormon Mahomes apparently is his nickname. So how about that? That's cool. But the only cool thing that happened at a pro day was Justin Fields 4-4 with his shirt off. And that was pretty badass, I got to say. 4-4-4. Four, four, four. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Don't give him that Don't give him that extra point. Zero four. That's my bad. That's my bad. That's my bad. But, you know, um, the Suns just won, so I don't have to – Look up at the TV anymore, so that's good. Nice little win over the Bulls. Suck on that, Bulls fans. Yeah. But what, some of these new uh, matchups and the extra games are the Cowboys at uh, New England, Seahawks at the Steelers, Rams at Baltimore, Arizona at Cleveland, Bucks at Indy, and the Packers at Kansas City. Yeah, the only game there that – I. I would say this as a non – if I weren't a Packer fan, I would say the only good game here is the Packers and the Chiefs. The rest don't really – I mean, they're notable because they're two good teams, but they don't really, you know. Eh. I mean, that, that Rams-Raven Rams one's kind of intriguing. I think Cardinals-Browns too because the Cardinals' offense is supposed to be good and the Browns' defense should be better, adding to the secondary in Cleveland. John Johnson the third at safety, and they got Miles Garrett obviously on the edge. But um, I guess Cowboys-Patriots is – not the worst thing ever. It's not great. A few years ago would have been better. They did play a few years ago, but I mean, you got a, a kind of 
terrible offense versus really good defense and Cowboys offense versus Patriots defense, but then you have the Patriots terrible offense against a terrible defense. Yep. The uh, the defense for the um, Cowboys is atrocious. The Seahawks-Steelers game could be fun. It could be a lot of airtime. Yeah, Bucks Colts is okay if you want to watch Carson Wentz get sacked seven times. Um, even though the Colts, I, I wouldn't mind that. But yeah, I know you wouldn't. But you, you know, you want to go? To, hey, you want to go to that game? I mean, it is in Indianapolis. And we're not that far from there, so it, you know. Wonder when these games are going to be because they're not going to be Week 18 or whatever. They're going to be middle of the season at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think that they would put a Packers Chiefs game that late. They want to have that midseason prime time. To guarantee that Rodgers and Mahomes will play. And the one time they did play at Arrowhead two years ago was Matt Moore at quarterback because Mahomes had that leg injury or whatever the year they mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl. So, you know, not bad. I don't hate the 17-game season. It's going to be 18 eventually anyway, so what's the point? But we'll see how it goes. Um, NFL season's going to be around the corner. The draft's in like 29 days or something, 28 days. So, We'll be talking a lot about that over the next few episodes. We're going to look at some mock drafts here in a sec because I just wanted to pull one up to see what people's thoughts were on um, on the Niners situation. What, so else, what are some other uh, signings we've had? The Broncos have been adding a lot of defensive players. Yeah, I haven't really looked at the signings too much. Did we talk about Kyle Fuller to the Broncos? Because that happened. They got him. They got a safety back that they had before. Yeah, I mean, that's the, – they have a good defensive scheme and coach. Like, Fangio's a good defensive coach, but, but – um, um, What pick do they have in the draft? The Broncos have the ninth pick. I mean, yeah, I'm guessing they ha- they're going to be drafting a quarterback. It depends. Like, if you have a situation where Lance gets taken at eight by the Panthers and then you have Fields – Wilson and Lawrence go in the top three. I don't think you take a quarterback in that situation because I don't think Mac Jones is a top 10 quarterback. I think Mac Jones is going to be middle of the first, maybe like New England or somewhere like that. Yeah, but if you don't, they need one. I mean, I think it might be worth just rolling with Drew Locke, right? I mean, he's okay. You don't love it, but you're also in a division where you're like, are we really going to beat the Chiefs? No. Are we going to beat an improved Chargers team? Probably not. The Raiders' defense is a joke, but yeah, you're talking about the, the Chargers, who I mean, they're going to be a lot better. They have the they got just got rid of two of their offensive threats, and Hunter Henry and Kellen Balage. I mean, Balage didn't do very much, but nice running back. But look at that O line now. That O line is pretty good now. You got Corey Lindsley at center, who's an all-pro. If Bulaga stays in the field, he's still good. Um, the Chargers, and they have a quarterback that is just a guy that I said was the best quarterback in last year's draft. I'm probably the only one that said that, and it's definitely not because I supported Oregon football kind of off and on. I didn't wow. say it because of that. He's a stud. Why, hey, while you're looking at this mock draft, I'll talk about this Miami Niners trade. Pretty insane trade. Miami received – a 2021 sixth overall and the 156th pick from the Eagles and the 2022 
first and third rounder from the Niners, a 2023 first rounder from the Niners. Niners received the number three overall pick from the Dolphins in 2021. And the Eagles received a number 12 overall from the Niners in 2021, number 123 from Miami in 2021, and the number or 2022 2022 first rounder from Miami. I mean, it's kind of a cluster for just a switch of first round picks in this year's draft. And then just sprinkle a little a couple first round and third round picks in. I like this deal for Miami because you get a first next year and a first year after. Then you flip the first next year to move back into the top 10. I think that is really good managing. I mean, to be honest, though, I mean, the 2023 first rounder probably isn't going to be that good of a pick. Because I still think the Niners are built to win for the next decade. When you have a, a likely generational pass rusher, it's hard to not be able to build enough around him to be good. And I think they're probably going to, the Niners will probably take quarterback at three, probably Justin Fields. I know there's been this buzz around Mac Jones going there. Like, there's no way in hell he goes three. But I'll tell you this if a coach could maximize the potential for Mac Jones, it would be Kyle Shanahan. But I think Fields is a much better fit in that system. That system that LaFleur runs in Green Bay, that the, his brother's going to run it with the Jets, that Shanahan runs in San Francisco, that is a system where you need a quarterback that can move and throw on the move, an improvising-type quarterback. Like Mahomes is perfect for that system. Mac Jones is not that. Fields is much more of that. You, got a guy, you need a guy that can move. I just don't know. Like Everyone keeps saying that Justin Fields, like a lot of teams don't like him for some reason. I don't know yeah. what the reasoning is, but if I the just, reasoning I is that they got murdered the national championship, I mean that's so stupid. What are you supposed to do? You're facing Alabama, who doesn't lose, and Ohio State's defense got destroyed in that game. It can't Why? be Mac Jones, but Mac Jones also had the best receiver that we've seen in college football in a long time, who did get hurt in that game, and Najee Harris was literally destroying people. But yeah, I mean, Mac Jones is perfect for that. So Mac Jones is the type of quarterback in this draft that has to go into a good system. Lawrence could probably be good anywhere. Wilson's a type that could probably fit anywhere. Fields, I think, kind of is that. Lance is kind of that as well. Mac Jones is the type that needs to go into the perfect situation. Tom Brady was in the perfect situation. I think Mahomes is in a great situation, even though I think Mahomes is so talented that it wouldn't really matter that much. Um, I think there's a lot of Josh Allen. And we had talked we had talked about it too, how maybe if um... – Jimmy Garoppolo went back to New England or something, <clears throat> that they still had C.J. Beathard, who is um, George Kittle's college quarterback and so on. Well, they released him the other day and someone signed him. Yeah, so when they take a quarterback at three, which I'm almost 100% sure the Niners will take one. Well, that's what – no, it was a known thing. Yeah. I read an article that <clears throat> Shanahan called Garoppolo and told him, Hey, we made this move to draft a quarterback, and we're not saying you're losing your starting spot. We wanted to learn under you and blah, 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 but we're drafting a quarterback here. That is how you do the thing. Yeah, that's good. It's good coaching to tell him. But I think he'll whoever gets drafted there probably fields will sit behind Garoppolo for a year 
And I'm assuming they'll buy trade Garoppolo, right? I mean, depending on what's left, how much is what's what's left on his contract? I'm gonna look that up, but maybe like a team like the Steelers could take Garoppolo because it may only be one or two years. If it's two years, maybe that guy sits behind him for a year and a half because maybe two years, you know, they could have a downer year, and then they're like, "Well, just throw him in there for the second half of the year." We've seen situations where guys sitting one year's worked and guys sitting multiple years has worked. Uh, he has this year and next year twenty six point four million against the cap this year and twenty seven next year. He'll be a free agent in twenty twenty three. He's already thirty, so that is something to consider. You know, and so he may sit two years, but that gives him a lot of time to learn that system. Yeah, Mahomes sat a year. Rodgers sat like three years. They both worked. So, and Jordan Love's going to sit for 20 years in Green Bay. So, there you go. We'll see if it works. 20 um, years. <laughs> as far as the Dolphins go, they need a playmaker, and this is a great spot for them to get one. I think the Dolphins are either going to end up with Jamar Chase, receiver LSU, Devontae Smith, Bama, or Jalen Waddle, Bama. They're going to take one of those three receivers. I think it's six. The other one that I think they might do is Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle at Oregon, who's really a very high upside guy, but I don't know how good he'll be right away. Maybe a guy that plays guard to start his career, but they need an offensive playmaker for sure. I know they got Will Fuller on that one-year deal, and they got my guy, Seathan Carter, at fullback. So we'll see how they look. Uh, and then the Eagles, as far as they go, they're going to get a first next year, which who knows? The Dolphins could end up not being good. Because I think this division is going to be pretty good. I think the Jets will actually be not horrible. The Patriots, I think, will be back. And the Bills, I think the Bills are going to take a step back, but they should still win the division, you'd think, unless Josh Allen falls off a cliff. But don't worry. Hey, if he falls off, they got Mitchell Trubisky there. That's true. Trubisky is (laughs) right there, ready to go. The gunslinger himself. So this mock that I see from CBS has J.C. Horn, the uh, cornerback from – South Carolina going to the Eagles. The Eagles can use a lot. Like receiver, they suck. Corners, they suck. Safety's not good. They need a lot. So we'll see if they actually make something happen. And uh, who's their backup quarterback in Philly? Didn't they sign somebody? Who do they have Miami taking at number six? Uh, they have them taking Devontae Smith. They have Devontae Smith at six. They have Jamar Chase at five and Jalen Waddell at six, seven. So three receivers in a row. So the Bengals take Chase, reunite him with Burrow. Dolphins take Smith, and then the Lions take Waddle. So and two uh, two played with Smith. Yep. So you'd be reuniting them. You know what they should do? The Dolphins should take. Because I think they have two firsts this year because they have the Texans in their own. Well, I guess they have technically the Eagles and their own, I think. They should take uh, Devontae Smith at, at uh, six. And then when their other pick is up, which is uh, 18, they should take Najee Harris and get the band back together. Yeah, who are the running backs right now? Um, didn't they sign somebody? I mean, I don't even remember all this stuff that happened. Uh, Dolphins, we spent a lot of time here on the Dolphins. I like it. Um, let's see. Miles Gaskin, is he still there? I think 
Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown. Oh, that's they signed Malcolm Brown from the Rams. Yeah, that's still bad though. You got to fix that. I mean, their receiving core also sucks. Devontae Parker's okay, I guess, and then Will Fuller after that, it's horrible. Preston Williams is okay. Yeah, they need that. All right, let's go now to the NCAA tournament, I guess, which was. Did you want to? Did you want to talk about the draft? We already did enough. I mean, we got a lot of time. The draft's April 29th. We'll we'll get to that over the next few weeks. But um, okay. Final four set. Gonzaga will play UCLA and beat them by 25, and then Baylor will play Houston, and that'll be a good game probably. But I think Baylor will win. Uh, my headline from this tournament is nobody's beating Gonzaga. Gonzaga, this is an all-time great team. One of the best teams we've ever seen, I think, in college basketball. They played a USC team on uh, Tuesday that I thought would actually give them problems. Like, USC has a good zone, and they have a lot of length. I thought Evan Mobley would give Drew Timmy some problems. No, Drew Timmy took him to school. I mean, that wasn't even fair. Um, and and put, showed, him, showed him the guns. He did, and the handlebar stash is as good as it gets. So I, I'm pretty sure Gonzaga is going to win the championship. Do you think the same thing right now at this point? Yeah, I mean, that was who I had picked from the get-go. Yeah, I think it's going to be 32-0, and undefeated title, and they'll go down as one of the best teams ever. I don't care what conference they were in. I don't care what else people say about them, which most of it is garbage because these no, people I mean, don't actually watch them. But. Before season ever, when the COVID and everything started, they're – their non-conference schedule all got messed up and changed, and Mark Few went out of his way and found them games. They went and played Iowa. They played Kansas. They played, they, they played West Virginia. They played a hard non-conference schedule. And killed all of them except for West Virginia. Yeah, and that's Kansas when Kansas had everybody on from the roster and everything. Yeah, that's how you do it. And I think they would have played anybody and beaten them. That's how good they are. I mean, the Iowa game, they won by 11. I mean, that was a 15, 20-point game the entire time. And the thing about them is, like, they haven't even played, like, a complete game in the tournament where they're shooting well from three and the free throw line and overall from the field not turning the ball over. Like, USC was close to that when that game. But, like, against Creighton, they shot, like, 20% from three and, like, 16% from the line and turned it over, like, 15 times, won the game by 18. I just think they're untouchable. I mean, I don't know. They, their fourth best player, or fifth, wherever you want to rank them, Joel Ayai, had a triple-double this season. Like, it's, First of all, it's hard to get a triple-double in college, and when your fourth or fifth best player does it, what are you supposed to do? It's just uh, it's, 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 their defense is underrated, too. Their defense but, is extremely good. But, I mean, it's just crazy that US, or UCLA made it here because I'm, yeah. nobody picked them. Everyone picked – Michigan State most likely to win that playing game and to beat them. Yep, I did. <laughs> and you know, d even though most people probably would have had, who were they? Who would they have played? Uh, Michigan State would have played BYU. Most people probably had Michigan State winning that game and then losing to Texas. I had BYU losing to Texas, so ha! I was ahead of the curve, even though I was still wrong. But. No one had UCLA going through that, that whole gauntlet down there and coming through, beating Michigan. Here's the thing about UCLA. They had a five-star recruit, Dacian Nix. He was supposed to come there. He ended up decommitting and going to the G League, so they didn't have him. Chris Smith, 
their best scorer from last year, a 6'9 guard, hurt for the year in December. Jalen Hill, their best defensive big man, gone. It's basically the three players that were going to build their roster around this year are gone, and they're in the Final Four. It makes no sense. I mean, Johnny Juzang is a perfect fit there. When he was at Kentucky last year, they only used him as a catch-and-shoot shooter. I think he proved last night that he could do more than that. 28 points, created his own shot. I know he's been playing on a injured foot or ankle or whatever happened, but he's still been really good. But I'm sorry, UCLA, you're going to get slaughtered. Uh, there's a 14-point spread. We'll pick the game later. But Is this the farthest that Cronin's made in the tournament? Has to be, yeah. They made it to like eight straight tournaments, and Cincinnati only got to the Sweet 16 once. I think he's done a hell of a job. Like People didn't like that hire, and UCLA was at a point when Alford got fired that they didn't want to, They didn't have guys that bought in and played defense. Like he had to turn everything around. No, and his I, style doesn't fit this this era of basketball. I had heard after he got hired, River, he was curious because he wasn't from the area and what he would do, or whatever. So he went by and got a hold of all the old UCLA alum and everything, and had him over at his house. Yep. To talk to them about how everything went at UCLA and everything. Like he had Kareem. And the bunch, Reggie Miller and all those guys come over and had dinner with him and they tried finding what it was supposed to be like at UCLA. And I'm sure Bill Walton showed up with a bunch of pot and then they all got stoned at the end of it. I don't know if they said if he mentioned Bill Walton was invited. You got to invite Bill Walton if you're going to have a UCLA alumni. <laughs> I don't know if Bill was invited. He definitely took weed there if he was. I mean, there's no way he didn't, or some sort of weird thing. Probably took like those uh, like, passing out edibles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? He probably does that with all of his the ESPN crew when he does games. But, you know, Bill seems like a good enough guy. He was right, by the way. He he was all over the Pac-12, which he kind of has to be. He works for the Pac-12 Network and ESPN. It does Pac-12 games, but he was right. And the fact that the one team out of the Pac-12 that made it to the Final Four is where he went. It's pretty crazy. It's very weird. I mean, it's it's uh, it's surprising. One of the most surprising runs I've seen in a long time. But the- out of all the Pac-12 teams, that was not the one anybody expected to still be in. Nope, I would have figured. Well, you can't really. I mean, they might they might have been just because you factor in USC and Oregon were in Gonzaga's bracket. In Oregon State, nobody thought they would make it to the Elite Eight. So I mean. I still don't think people would have expected it anyway, just because the way UCLA got into the tournament. They barely got in. They lost four straight games to end the season. They had a 16-point lead in the first half against Oregon State, and they won uh, or they lost that game. So, Oregon State could have. Yeah, I mean, Oregon State was just one of those double-digit seeds that has a great run and then just gets overmatched, which is what happened to them against Houston. But here's the difference between Oregon State and Baylor. Baylor is much better at rebounding than Oregon State. And the difference here, Houston had 19 offensive rebounds against Oregon State. They're not going to do that against Baylor. And Baylor is really good defensively. Now, the length of Houston might affect Baylor, but I don't think it will. I think we're more than likely going to have a Baylor-Gonzaga national championship. And I think that Gonzaga is going to win that game. And I've, I'm pretty confident about this. And we'll be doing our next show two days after the national championship. So I think we both expect Gonzaga to win it. But if it, if we don't, then that will be good content, something to talk about. If Gonzaga doesn't win, it's like, oh, Mark Few can't win the big one. Oh, And this, they were talking last night too. It's like 
this is payback from when Adam Morrison was there when they yeah, lost yeah, UCLA. 2006, I think. Yeah. But I could see Houston giving Baylor problems <clears throat> if they're shooting from outside. They take a lot of threes, yeah. If they're hitting, they're just going to spread Baylor out and open up a lot of that middle. And Baylor's defensive style is literally taking away the middle. But if you spread them out. Yeah. I don't think Baylor's going to lose that game, but it'll be close. I think people are slightly disrespecting Houston a little bit. Like, I think it'll be like a seven, six-point game, six or seven. Uh, but the key for Baylor is Jared Butler's got to hit some damn shots. Like, he was terrible against Villanova, and they won that game. And they were just blitzing Arkansas, and Arkansas almost came back. But uh, Macy Oteague, who has the hitchiest shot in college basketball, he can knock him down. And he's yeah. a great defender. That Baylor-Villanova game, I got so tired of watching it because it was like bring the ball down and everything was a one-on-one. They never ran a play for like a 10-minute stretch. It was – Hey, here I'm passing to you, and it's an ISO the whole time. Every time on the floor was this guy got an ISO, this guy got an ISO. You're talking about Baylor's offense? Yeah. Yeah, Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler do that a lot. I'm like, am I going to run a play here? Yeah, I mean, one thing that's great about Baylor defensively is that they switch on every ball screen, and all of their defenders are really versatile. And they have the best – defending guard trio probably college basketball's seen in a long time like Teague Butler and Mitchell are all elite defensively I think Teague and Mitchell this season have been two of the top five on ball defending guards I think Davion Mitchell's number one but those three I mean just really good defensively also during that game I had to look it up to see if Davion Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell were related I don't think they are right they are not I mean, Davion Mitchell is uh, a better college player than Donovan Mitchell was, but I think. But Damian Lillard had yeah. played like Donovan the day before, whatever, and he called them his twin. <laughs> but they're they are not brothers; they're not related. Yeah, but it was weird. They wore they wear the same number, forty five. Yeah. So I was kind of intrigued. I thought maybe they were. Yeah, I mean, you never know. They have the same initials too. And we had Davion, Donovan, and like, maybe there. You never know. All right, let's go to golf. Uh, apparently, there was a match play thing going on. I hardly saw any of this. What happened? It was fun to watch because, like, we didn't get a picket because it started Wednesday before we recorded last week. And it was like a bracket almost play where you got paired against somebody. And then when you won, you moved, you advanced. And you just kept playing someone every day. Seems like it was it would be fun, but you know the NCAA tournament and that kind of stuff. I missed it. And then you had Lee Westwood and Sergio playing, and in the fourth uh, hole of their playoff, Sergio says, "I'm just going to end this here on this par three. It's a hole in one." Yeah, I saw that. And then was it uh, was it Scotty Scheffler? Was it him that won it? He lost to Billy Horschel. Or Billy, he's the one who he chipped his hand to win it from the fringe. Yeah, I feel like it's good to have one of those every few months. I enjoyed watching it. Big event with just 
you know, groups and having guys go head to head, like single head to head, that type of stuff. That's good. Uh, so we got the Valero Texas Open this week from TPC San Antonio. This is the first one of those since 2019. They didn't have one last year, so that'll be interesting to watch. I, of course, probably won't see much of it. Maybe I'll watch it on Sunday, but, um, you know, we'll make our picks for that later. That should be good. And now we go to baseball, where opening day begins tomorrow. Um, the first game is in about 12 hours from when we're recording this, the Yankees and the Blue Jays on ESPN. That should be good. I'm glad I put the Lindor negotiations on the dock, and then he signed before we recorded. Ten years, $341 million for Lindor with deferrals. So there will be some money that he gets after his playing career, which I think is good for the team usually, even though Steve Cohen is worth $14 billion. So, like, does it really matter? Maybe Lindor wanted to have some money coming his way when he's not playing, I guess. It's a smart move, but. He wanted a little Bobby Manila contract? Yeah, it can't be as bad as that, but that's got to be the worst contract in the history of sports. I just, with his age, I can't believe they gave him a 10-year deal. I mean, it, it's not the worst Thing in the world, like but the fact that he won a twelve-year deal. I mean, thirty-seven is not terrible. If he was like forty or thirty-nine, I was saying for him won a twelve-year deal. Like, hey, I want to be signed to. I'm almost forty. There's no opt-outs in this deal, so this is a straight ten-year deal. So he's going to be there for a long time. I kind of feel bad for him because they're never going to win anything, but you know. It is what it is, I guess. Uh, let's do the jersey sales thing, the top 20 jersey sales. I'm going to list these names. Tell me if you're surprised by any of these, okay? Mookie Betts, Dodgers, Cody Bellinger, Dodgers, Fernando Tatis Jr., Padres, Bryce Harper, Phillies, Clayton Kershaw, Dodgers, Aaron Judge, Yankees, Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, Braves, Francisco Lindor, Mets, Kike Hernandez, Red Sox, uh, Mike Trout, Angels, of course, which is a shame that he's 10th. He should be top three. Uh, Nolan Arenado, Cardinals at 11, 12, Javier Baez, Cubs, 13, Corey Seager, Dodgers, 14, Garrett Cole, Yankees, 15, Yadier Molina, Cardinals, 16, Yelich, uh, Brewers, 17, Freddie Freeman, Braves, 18, Jacob deGrom, Mets, 19, Jose Altuve, Astros, and 20, Pete Alonso, Mets. So I don't know how Kike Hernandez is number nine. I know he's like a good personality and he's a fine player, but that is quite something. I know it said it could also be from – they also counted like if it, like when Kike Hernandez was in the Dodgers, they probably counted the jersey sales for that with this. That probably helped. He's very popular there. The Corey Seager one confuses me. Not as confusing the Kike Hernandez one. This basically shows the Dodger fans care about baseball because the team's good now. Yeah, because how many? One, two, three. There's four on there, right? Four and a former Dodger. Yeah, four. And one that was on the team last season. And there's three Mets with Lindor, DeGrom, Alonzo. There's one Astro, one Cub, two Yankees with Cole and Judge, two Braves, one Padre, one Philly, two Cardinals. So Mike Trout attends a shame. It just shows you that they don't market baseball well enough and the Angels suck. So both sides there that ruin that. Tatis Jr. has been in the league for what? A year and a half? Two and a half seasons or something. And he's up to number three. He's a stud though. I mean, I would have a jersey of his if I were a Padres fan. 
100%. He's perfect player for baseball. Brand. Brand name. Cover of him will be the show already, too. So, pretty good. But I think that's enough time to spend on that, unless you got anything else for that. No, and it's also surprising like Arenado's right behind Trout already. Yeah, I mean they probably counted some of the Rocky sales at the end of last year. But that. still, for like him, those two be that close. The Angels suck. That's the problem, you know. And you would think that y- Yachty would have more jersey sales than Arenado. Uh, maybe if they didn't count the Rockies, then yeah. But I'm sure they did for some portion of that. Speaking of the Cardinals. Injury city already. You got three pitchers on the shelf and Harrison Bader, who I know you love. Oh right. yeah. Yeah. Hey. Wait about that. Three pitchers in the on the on the IL already. Yeah. Came out with a back injury. Hudson recovering from Tommy John. Old Nicholas with a uh, sore shoulder. And then my best friend Harrison Bader's with a strange right forearm. Could keep him out for a month. So Michaelis had a great season his first year in St. Louis, got an extension, had an okay season, hurt for all of last season. When the hell is he going to pitch this season? That sucks. I thought he was really good for them. He could have been a perfect number three. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. Is, is Hudson going to be back this year? I mean, maybe. He got his Tommy John in, what, like August or September? So maybe he'll be back. They could use him. Uh, the big thing for them, the team that we root for, of course, is Jordan Hicks needing to stay healthy on the back end. If him and Andrew Miller and Alex Reyes can hold it down, they should be just fine. Because I think the offense will actually contribute more. Mm-hmm. So that would be good. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, now we'll just do our season predictions, I guess. Get that out of the way. Our division winners and World Series and MVP and all that stuff. So let's start with the American League divisions. The AL East, who do you have winning? Blue Jays. I went with the Yankees. I don't think there's any way the Yankees don't win this division. The winning in the playoffs is a different story, though. Um, the AL Central is who? Indians. I also have the Indians. I think they got they traded Lindor. No Bauer there anymore. No Carrasco. But somehow, some way, I think they're a nice young team. We'll see. AL West. Angels. I went with the Astros. Uh, Verlander is back, which I don't know if he will be. They should be fine. And their offense should be good without Springer. It's going to be close. So the Angels should be close to the playoffs if they don't win the division. Uh, who are your two wildcard teams in the American League? Uh, Houston and the White Sox. So you think the Yankees are going to miss the playoffs? Yep. That is bold. That is bold. I'd be surprised. It would take a lot of injuries for them to not be good, unless everyone underachieves, which you never know. Um, we'll see. I have the Rays and the White Sox as my wildcard team. So I have Mike Trout once again missing the playoffs, which sucks for the game. And uh, you know what? Cardinals should have drafted him. They had a chance, I think. So he'd have a couple championships already, but whatever. Uh, let's go now to the National League, the NL East. Who you got? Uh, the Braves. I also have the Braves, NL Central. Cards. Unbiased, I take the Cardinals as well, and NL West. Dodgers. Yep, we're all th- we're all square on that one. We'll probably differ here a little bit. Uh, what about wild card teams? Padres and uh, Milwaukee. I have the Padres and the Mets making it, so 
Jacob DeGrom is going to win a wild card game for the Mets. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's go now to the World Series pick. Who you got? I have the Indians playing the Dodgers. And who's winning that? The Indians. That's a bull pick. I don't think anybody's ever picked the Indians for the World Series this year. So if you're right, you should feel very good about that. I just don't think they have the horses to get through it. Um, I have the Braves beating the uh, Dodgers in the NLCS, then I have the Braves beating the Yankees in the World Series. So give me the Braves. Finally going to win one. They should have been. They should have made the World Series last year. They choked that series against the Dodgers. But give me the Braves. They're finally going to get it done. I need to go back into my betting thing and change one of my futures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, you, you, you could do that. It's not illegal to do that on this podcast. Uh, let's go now. MVP picks in each league. Who you got? Uh, Trout and Tatis Jr. I'm taking DJ LeMahieu in the AL, so very heavy Yankees for me for some reason. I don't even know why. Uh, then I'll take Ronald Acuna Jr. in the NL. So the World Series is going to be a matchup between both league MVPs. I wonder when the last time that happened was. So if it happens this year, you better watch out. Um, all right, Cy Young winners. Who you got? Uh, Tyler uh, Glasnow and DeGrom. I am taking Garrett Cole, another Yankees pick. What the hell's wrong with me? And Walker Bueller in the NL. So a Dodger and a Yankee winning the Cy Young Awards. Now let's go Rookie of the Year in each league. Who you got? Uh, Andrew Vaughn, first baseman. Uh, White Sox. And Ian Anderson, pitcher for the Braves. Not the Ian Anderson that we know that no, 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 is no. closer to this area. Yeah. Um, that is an interesting one that they have the same name. But uh, all right. Uh, AL rookie year, I got Bobby Dahlbeck for the Red Sox, who is a, you know, a nice player that hits bombs. There you go. Then Dylan Carlson for the Cardinals. I think he'll break through this year, win rookie of the year. He played last season, but apparently you can be a rookie whenever you want. I don't know how that all works, but well, just like how I don't understand how Randy Rosarena is still able to be rookie of the year. How many games did he play? He's played on two different teams. I gotta find this out. Was just he just won a World Series? Yeah, but somehow played. can somehow can be considered rookie of the year. You know what the thing is, though? He's only played 42 games. That is weird. He only played 23 games last year. What got him right? I mean, it does make sense that he could be a rookie. 42 games, not a lot. That is weird. It feels like he's played a lot more probably because he was big in the playoffs. But anyway, let's go to the NHL real quick. Then we'll do the betting picks, then we'll get out of here. Um I had written down, written down the Sabres lost 18 straight, but they won tonight. So big ups to the Sabres, getting their first win of uh, March on March 31st. Big ups. 118 in the last 19. Not bad, not bad. Um, so the interim coach gets his first W under his belt. Maybe it was the trade they made. Yeah, they did trade Eric Stahl to the Canadians uh, for like a third and a fifth, I think it was. So that's one piece. And you know who's going to go next? Probably Taylor Hall. And I wouldn't be that surprised if they trade Rasmus Ristolainen, the defenseman. So fire, dumpster fire, and they're going to have a sale 
in 12 days. The NHL trade deadline is April 12th. So next week we will go pretty heavy NHL trade deadline for the NHL headlines because it's going to be a few days away from then. So keep an eye out for that. I really hope the Blues don't trade for Taylor Hall. I'll leave it at that, and we'll find out. So there's your NHL for the week. I guess I didn't see anything else that was really notable. I mean, Connor McDavid got fined for elbowing Jesperi Kakanyemi. Pretty dirty elbow. I think most players probably would have gotten suspended for that, but it's Connor McDavid, and he's going to get 100 points, 56 games. So why would you suspend him, ruin your own damn league? But anyway, um, all right. Let's go to the betting picks before we end this. Uh, Here they are. Last week, I went 2-2 two and two in the NCAA tournament. You went 0-2. Oh Your thoughts? In the NCAA tournament? Yeah. Uh, I went 0-4. Oh These last week was tough. Yeah, Creighton, uh, they didn't cover the spread. Uh, Oregon got destroyed. Florida State also got destroyed. And... Bama couldn't cut the mustard. Yeah, not great, not great. Um, I really wanted to see that matchup, though. I wanted to see Florida or Florida State Bama. Would have been a matchup of length and who was actually making their shots that day. And it probably would have been Alabama, but. And then I was one and one in hockey. Yeah, I went zero and two in the NHL, so. Uh, the, the Vegas took a one nothing lead in the game. I picked Vegas over Colorado. Vegas was up one nothing. Oh, I had that game as well. One, yeah. And then I had St. Louis over Minnesota. The Blues had forty shots to like fifteen and lost two nothing. So I luckily had Washington over the Devils. So I went one and five, and you were two and four. Yeah, not great. Not a great week. We can rebound this week. We start in the Valero Texas Open. Who are your four players? Uh, Scotty Scheffler at plus fourteen hundred. Charles Howe the third at plus fifty five hundred. Matt Kuchar at plus fifty five hundred, and then old Phil long shot at plus eleven thousand. All right, I took Abraham Answer at plus two thousand. Jordan Spieth at plus 1,200 because you know what? He's one of the favorites, and he's due to win a goddamn tournament. Seriously. Please, Jordan, at some point win something. Maybe he'll win the Masters. Maybe him sucking for this long and choking and just being a bad golfer, not compared to, like, us, but, like, to other pros. Maybe he'll finally win. Uh, I also have Sepp Straka at plus 7,000. I don't know who the hell that is, but he has an awesome name. So I'll take him, and then uh, long shot, I guess, Cameron Champ, plus 11,000. So there you go. There's the four picks. All right, let's pick the final four. Gonzaga, UCLA, the spread is 14 in favor of the Zags. Who do you like? I'm going to take Gonzaga minus 14. Yeah, there's no point in picking against Gonzaga with the spread anymore. I mean, they cover everything. Like Creighton's a perfect example. They didn't even have that good of a game, and they covered. So, yeah, I'm all sticking Gonzaga minus 14. Now we have Baylor and Houston. They were both in the Southwest Conference a very long time ago. Houston's first Final Four since Five Slam and Jamma with, of course, uh, Olajuwon and Drexler and those guys. Uh, Baylor's a five-point favorite. Who do you like? Oh, who are you taking here? I'm taking Baylor minus five. I think, I think it'll be a close game, but Baylor will slightly cover with free throws. 
from Adam Flagler. He's going to hit free throws late for them. I'm torn. I think you got to take Baylor. I think Baylor's going to win, but I think it's going to be closer in five. Yeah, this will probably be the actual good Final Four game because Gonzaga is just going to be a blowout. I'm just I'm taking Houston plus five. All right, we're going head to head there. That should be interesting. All right, let's go to the NHL Thursday tomorrow. NHL lines. Uh, what are you liking on the money line? Two picks. I got Washington plus one and a half over the Islanders, and Rangers minus one and a half over the Sabers. They're not winning back to back. All right, so where I went with this one was the Rangers uh, minus the one and a half over the Sabres. I also agree. I would have picked – I mean, I picked this game before the Sabres won uh, tonight, so I don't even care. That's how bad they are. Um, I don't think they can win two in a row. I think with them winning two in a row would be like a, an actual miracle. Like, there's no way. Uh, and then the other game that I like is the – your boys, the Boston Bruins – Taking on the uh, Washington, wait, no, Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh, okay. Yeah, Bruins minus one and a half over the Penguins is where I went with my other picks. So two favorites. Hopefully they can cover. David Pasternak, give me a couple goals. We'll be good to go. See if that happens. Um, then the MLB is back. And there's no NBA games on the slate. There's a game on the slate, but nothing that we could pick for some reason. There's no odds on DraftKings or whatever we use. You'll never know what we use. We're not actually going to tell you. Ha, huh, I didn't say that. We might use FanDuel. You don't even know. Um, so We told them episode one week. We use DraftKings. I guess we do. The cat's out of the bag. They don't sponsor us. Maybe they will eventually, but we'll see. Uh, MLB lines, four games, two run lines, two money lines. What do you got? Which ones do you want to start with? Let's both do our run lines first, and we'll both do our money lines. So give me your two run lines. I took uh, Yankees uh, minus one and a half over the Blue Jays and Braves minus one and a half over Philly. All right, I'm taking the Mets minus one and a half against the Nationals. Jacob DeGrom's going to throw a gym, and they're actually going to find a way to win because they usually blow games when he pitches or they don't score any runs, but they're going to do it this time. And they give me the Mariners plus one and a half against the Giants. I think the Mariners have a little bit of a surprising season. They'll finish third or fourth in the AL West. A lot of young studs there. Kyle Lewis won the rookie of the year last year. Jared Kelnick's there uh, off that horrendous Mets trade for Cano and Edwin Diaz. So there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's go to the money lines. I got Twins uh, minus 105 over Milwaukee. And Houston minus 107 over uh, the A's. Give me the Marlins plus 125 against the Rays and the Angels minus 105 against the White Sox. So Tony LaRusso is going to start off his White Sox tenure 0-1, in my opinion. There you go. Uh, now we finish this with four World Series futures, and this should be interesting to see if one of these hits. What do you like? I got the Padres plus 800. Okay. The Cardinals plus 2,200. Good odds, good odds. Milwaukee plus 4,400. I don't see it, but not bad. And then the Indians plus 4,000. If that actually happens, that would be pretty impressive that they somehow won a World Series by getting rid of Lindor. And they did get good things back, but we'll see. All right, I like the Braves plus 1,000. I think that's a steal. The Braves plus 1,000, I mean, come on. 
That is a steal. Uh, the Mets plus 1,000. How they have the same odds as the Braves, I'll never know, but I'll take it. The Rays plus 2,500. I doubt they're even going to get back to the World Series like they did last year, but I doubt it. And then the Angels plus 4,000 because, you know, I don't have to make it the playoffs, but I'll take a future on them. Why not? There you go. There's the betting picks, and that's the show. We'll be back next Wednesday, which is April 6th or something like that, or 7th. April 7th is that day. So that's the day before the Masters. We'll talk a lot about the Masters. We'll actually spend more than two minutes on golf, so that should be fun uh, to talk about. We'll talk about the National Championship, who won that. Talk more NFL draft. We'll talk about the first week of the MLB season. We will talk about random NHL stuff that's going on, plus the deadline, NBA. I mean, this is the dead spot. Ted Deadline's over. Everyone knows who's probably going to make the playoffs, so we'll find something to talk about, I'm sure, for the NBA fans that listen to this, if there is any, which I honestly doubt there is, but we'll find out. All right, we'll be back next uh, April 7th, and uh, we'll see you then. Deuces.